listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, welcome to Constituent Marketing with Fred Long on Proof Text, and I'm Fred Long. We're looking at 1 Corinthians 12, 23, and we're in the midst of an argument where Paul is trying to convince the Corinthians to have a mutual respect for each individual body part. Um, Even though they're not the same, they belong to the same body. Uh, But there's different valuations of body parts. True. But God has ordered the body in its differentiated parts in a way that... um, gives honor to them all. And in fact, we need to protect that within the community. So we're going to see how he continues to argue this out. Uh, He's been establishing that uh, people just can't be one body part and and not think of themselves as part of the body or to say to other body parts, I have no need of you. Okay, so he's been, we've been seeing those kinds of statements and questions and and the rhetoric as he's been presenting them. So now he continues. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of des, but now we have actually ke. Uh, so verse 23 has ke. I put a box around it. Uh, that's continuing, adding something, um, showing thematic continuity. Um, ke a dokumen, and that which we deem or consider to be more or less honorable of the body. And so what I'm going to do here is the the ah starts a subordinate clause. Ah starts a subordinate clause. So ah is neuter plural relative pronoun. It is the um, that which we deem and uh, we're deeming this dokumen, uh, we cut off that ending, that's first plural from dokeo. Um, this verb takes an infinitive complement. So which things, and I, I double underlined that, but really it is accusative, but it's, it's really governing this infinitive. So which things we deem to be, and then we have this... Uh, uh, adjective atemotera. It's from uh, atimos to be dishonorable, to be dishonorable, and it's in the comparative degree that terra ending is uh, a comparative ending on the adjective. So remember that adjectives can have a positive degree. That's basically its lexical form. Then you can add different endings like teros, terra. Teron, which make it a comparative. So you can say like red is the positive degree, the adjective red. Then you can say redder. Um, that would be what the otera, o- oteros ending is doing. And then there's uh, a, a third degree, which is called the superlative degree, um, which is like the most of that degree. So reddest, for example. So positive red. Comparative, redder, 
and superlative redist, for example. So, um, so and uh, so to go back here to the sentence then, and that which we deem to be um, dishonorable of the body in regard to the body. Um, so there's the end of the subordinate clause. So that which we deem to be most dishonorable of the body to these, tutos, tutos time. So tutos is dotted uh, underline. Um, and then we have time, which is a double underline with its adjective peristeron, more, rather more, time. So more honor. And then we have the verb peritithemen. Uh, this is from peritithemi, uh, uh, to account for or to bestow or something like that. Uh, so it takes the direct object uh, temein, which is modified by peristeran. Both of those receive a double underline. Remember that adjectives, in whatever degree they might be on uh, to have, Adjectives are marked along with the noun that they modify. Or if they stand in the place of a noun, then they're marked uh, according to that um, function. So um, what's happening here? Well, we have a left dislocation. So this left dislocation, left dislocation here is this fronted clause, subordinate clause, it's a relative pronoun clause, which I, I put here in green highlight, that which we deem to be less honorable of the body, to these we bestow a greater honor. So the, the these there, the fronted to these, is what's called the pronominal trace. So this is a left dislocated topic. And so it's kind of interesting to see this here because in my study of left dislocations, that is when you have some new material put way to the front of the clause, which in English is to the left, and then there is a trace that picks it back up, what's called a trace. Um, usually this indicates some immediate discourse con discontinuity. Uh, so there's some immediate discontinuity here. And so that's kind of intriguing. Looking back at the previous sentence, I the only kind of discontinuity I'm really seeing is that the seeming, the verb for um, approving or deeming, that becomes more uh, prominent. Like it's it's something that we're doing. Um, this 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 evaluation of of thinking things through that is now more prominent in the discourse. So there's something interesting going on because the ke here at the start of verse 23 is really just marking kind of continuity. Like this is just added to what's gone before, but there is the construction here is marking some discontinuity, some immediate local contextual discontinuity with what's just gone before, but this construction also marks um, larger discourse continuity. So, so there's a little bit of a break, but at the same time, 
continuity with the larger argument. So it's just a little bit of a, a, a different move that's taking place here that's interesting to mark. Um, and I think it's a way to bring up this issue of honor and dishonor. Honor and dishonor. So that which we deem less honorable, in fact, we grant to them, to those, a greater honor. Okay, and so if you look at the previous uh, context, there is this sense of, um, he has talked about body parts that appear, uh, that appear to be uh, weaker, but they're actually necessary. But now this, this appearing, this dokeo, is now taking an active uh, role in being a, uh, an active first-person plural form, so present active indicative. So yeah, I think there's some, some immediate discontinuity, but then a larger theme is still being developed. So yeah, it's, it's interesting that he's used that construction there. That's how I would explain it at this point. It's certainly worth considering more the effect uh, that that has because it seems like he's starting to get into our role in, in, in presuming or judging or thinking of things a certain way. Okay, so as we look at 1223, continue on here, we see a ke, which again marks a thematic addition, like something's added, just a continuity, and, and, and. So this is different. Before we were, we were seeing des, which marks distinctive development. Now we're seeing kez. So he's kind of adding ideas in, in a way that are linking and marked as showing continuity. So and, uh, so ta eskemona emon, single underline with emon, our being genitive, uh, and then I put an arrow back to what it modifies. <clears throat> so, and our shameful things, or rather our immodest, uh, private things, a he is the verb at the end, have. So before we get to a he, though, we have evskemosunen terran. These are both double underlined. Um, Perisoteron is um, rather more, means rather more. It's got a comparative degree on it. And then evskemosunen um, is a noun, accusative. So these are both accusative, receiving double underlines. It means uh, honorable, like honor. So are, are, or really presentable. They are present. They are um, presentable, worthy, or they have good presentation. And I'm trying to translate it as a noun because the sune ending is actually a noun. And so they're rather um, present presentable, worthy, or or they have present they have rather good presentableness. <laughs> um, so so Paul says here at the end that our immodest um, things have rather good presentableness. 
And so what is he talking about here? Well, it's a little bit, it's a little bit tricky to, to understand this because this word askemona uh, at the front are shameful or immodest or unpresentable things. I mean, that can refer to genitalia. <laughs> and so it's, it's, um, it's, it's intriguing to think that he's talking about that because that doesn't really make sense is that um, he would be talking about our private parts. So if that's not what he's talking about, then we have to kind of go back to the immediate context. He's been talking about feet. You know, maybe those were a, a part of the body that weren't supposed to be seen. You know, in some cultures, that's the case today that, you know, like if you're sitting down, you're not supposed to show the bottom of your feet to people. Like you're not supposed to sit cross-legged with your bottom of your foot up. So you need to keep your feet facing down. So I don't know if he's speaking to those kinds of body parts, um, but he's basically saying that there's a kind of an upside down kingdom principle at work here and that what we consider honorable and dishonorable within the body of Christ is reversed in a sense and, th- and that we need to value all members and especially like the weaker considerably and, and that which is considered less honorable in the broader society. So what kinds of things are that? Is that, are we talking about like slaves? Are we talking like uh, children? You know, people, uh, maybe um, menial workers, you know, uh, manual workers, people who work, um, you know, uh, labor in, in a certain kind of way. The Corinthians were struggling with social status and trying to, to, to climb up, and they were bringing that upward social climbing mentality into the body of Christ, and this was causing disruption, and it was causing them to want to be the same type of body part, have the same kind of high honor position, head, eye, that kind of thing, and looking down on feet and, and these rather less presentable parts and so Paul here is saying, well, actually, these less presentable body parts have a rather more better or proper presentability <laughs> to make this into a noun again. All right, so that's uh, my discussion and marking up this verse. And it's rather interesting to see this argument develop. So I hope you're finding this helpful. Leave comments, questions. Um, I'd love to address them and uh, uh, look forward to having you listen and watch next time. Take care. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glow's House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glow'sahouse.com today. Glow's House, language resources for the global community.